Hello, 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 my dear sweet listeners. It's Legs Malone. I know you haven't heard from me in so long, at least those of you who are regular subscribers, and I apologize for that pause. It has been a very full start to autumn and a very lovely and full end to summer. So my apologies for our little break. It has been a while since we posted an episode, but I am so excited to say that it has been a very productive start to autumn so far. And I have not one, not two, but four different interviews in the can that Dave and I are going to bring to you whenever we get around to it. (laughs) No, that's not true. I, uh, I am endeavoring to release all of these episodes because they are just so good. I love everybody who I get the chance to interview. And I have to say, I managed to interview some pretty amazing people, including today's interviewee. So if this is your first time tuning into Lunch with Legs, welcome. I enjoy speaking to people who I find very interesting, who have some pretty cool stuff to share. And uh, for those of you who have been listening, hello. I've missed you. I hope you've missed me too. (laughs) So today's interview, I am taking it back in a way to the roots of all things Radio Free Brooklyn. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Radio Free Brooklyn, it is an internet radio station that was started last fall. And wait, was it last fall? No, it was this spring, I think. Uh, I'm getting, with all the seasons being changed, I get confused easily. But I was very fortunate to snag some time with the inimitable Tom Tenney, who is one of the founders of Radio Free Brooklyn and pretty much the head maintenance guy. And he is one of the busiest and most productive men that I know, and I hope that you will enjoy our interview. Just a note before we dive on in, if you like what you're hearing, please do consider donating to this podcast. We have one diehard listener who is just the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned, who has even done a monthly auto-debit from his PayPal. So consider doing that if you like what you're hearing. Dave and I are doing this as a labor of love, and thanks to everybody's donations, we have managed to cover most of our costs, although we do still have a few hundred dollars worth of expenses that could use some payback, as it were. So if you are enjoying this, please do feel free to donate, even if it's just $5. Every little chip-in really does help, so thank you. All right, everybody, go ahead, get nice and comfortable, pull up a chair, put your feet up, pour yourself a cup of something good, and get ready for my interview with Radio Free Brooklyn's Tom Tenney. Mr. Tom Tenney, what a pleasure it is to have you on Lunch with Legs. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for carving some time out of your incredibly busy schedule. I think you are one of the busiest men I have ever met. Uh, you basically, I mean, you are one of the, you are the main man, as far as I'm concerned, behind the phenomenal Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, Rob Pritchard is clearly a huge part of it as well, but you are the man in the machine, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the man in the machine or the man and the machine? I think it's everything and, you know, and the man okay. who carries the machine on his back. <laughs> right. Oh, God, that is, that is so true. Oh, man. Now, I, I have to ask, 
how how did Radio Free Brooklyn begin? That this was the main reason I wanted to have you on the show, um, because you have built an internet radio station. Mm-hmm. Pretty much single-handedly. I mean, clearly with Rob's support, but yeah. everything technical I have received has been from you. Right. So, you know, I mean, when I was in grad school at the new school, I did. I was in the media studies program, and um, I did. There are two options that you can take. One is a thesis route, and one is a non-thesis route. And so, originally, I was going to go the thesis route, right? And I was going to do this whole sort of presentation on art stars and sort of, you know, trace their lineage back to Jack Smith and the, you know, even even back into the like 60s counterculture. And one of the things that I wanted to do since I was really focused on audio in school was I wanted to do a radio program that I was going to do on the internet, right? So I, I started researching internet radio and I got really, really into it. And then I ended up not doing the thesis proposal. Mm. And so, you know, that was a couple of years ago. And then this last winter, Rob kind of said to me, just out of nowhere, sort of, you know, we were talking about, we have been talking about building another performance space, but it's hugely cost prohibitive in New York City these Absolutely. days. It's just really, really hard to do that. And as a result, so much of the counterculture has kind of, you know, either been driven out to the boroughs or disappeared completely or... They have kind of uh, vanished, in, not vanished, but sort of um, gone into other mediums, right? Mm, right, other other media. So you see a lot of people, a lot of comedians doing stuff on YouTube or with podcasts now. I mean, because this is these don't require physical spaces that you have to be in. And so Rob and I were talking about that, and he said, you know, what would it take to start a radio station? And I was like, that's really interesting that you said that because. Then I gave him my thesis proposal to read. I ended up not ever doing that, but um, he was like, great, let's do this. And so from that moment on, it was became my obsession to make this thing happen mm. and to be able to build something that would give, uh, you know, artists and others – because it's not necessarily just artists mm-hmm. that, that are that are um, doing shows on Radio Free Brooklyn, but we wanted to give a space, a platform for artists and community mm. um, in Brooklyn. That's, I mean, thank you for doing that. I mean, as part of the Radio Free Brooklyn family, I thank you, but also I feel that New York City needs that now more than ever. I mean, just in the creation of alternative spaces because right. the cost prohibition of having a space on its own is, I mean, it's just... It is so expensive now. Yeah. Um, now, can you, rewinding back a little bit, um, you were intimately involved with uh, Radical Vaudeville, were you not? Or, well, um, not Radical Vaudeville, what was the name? Surf Reality. Thank you, Surf Reality. Yeah. My so, apologies. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I moved back, I moved back to New York. I had lived in New York in the 80s, and uh, and then I, I moved away and came back in 97. And I, when I had been living in L.A. and then in Chicago, and when I was in Chicago, uh, this friend of mine, who, who actually not a friend, but an acquaintance who I didn't really trust or like very much, <laughs> <laughs> so he came back from New York and I said, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going back to visit some friends. I was like, you know, what should I do? And he said, well, I'll tell you what not to do. Uh, he said, don't go to this place called surf reality. He's oh like, he's like, it's in this really seedy neighborhood and it's on an upstairs loft and you have to get buzzed in. And as soon as you walk in, everybody's smoking pot. And I went, that's the first place I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for giving me my one-way ticket to exactly where I'm going to go. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. 
So, and I, and I, and I went and, um, and I remember, you know, I came up the, this long staircase and I came up to the top of the stairs and Faceboy was sitting up at the top. It was a Sunday night. It was Faceboy's show. And he looked at me and he said, hi, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing you around here before. And it was just so nice and welcoming and so sort of not kind of typical New York City. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was just sort of like I found, I felt like even before I walked into the theater itself that I had found this kind of enclave of, kind of humanity you know mm-hmm. that the people like artists who are actually liked each other and respected each other and supported each other um and uh and then yeah so i just i i started hanging out and then i became a resident producer a couple years later wow um with my show grindhouse a go-go i've been doing a show at tonic uh, which was a club on Ludlow Street. It was sort of John Zorn's home for a while. But I was doing a weekly show there called Grind, uh, Grindhouse Alternative Burlesque, mm. uh, where I was doing, um, you know, it was it was burlesque and comedy, and it was very similar to what you know shows like you know Radical Vaudeville, um, you know, are kind of doing now. It's sort of, sort of the variety mix, and it was by no means even new, new then. It was you mm. know. Uh, Blue Moon Cabaret, I think it was. Blue Angel. Blue Angel, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Had been uh, had been doing it for a while, and it was really that kind of height of, um, you know, what I what I think of as sort of like the golden days of sort of neo burlesque in New York, because it was burlesque at the time was a uh, it was a political statement mm-hmm. as much as anything else. You know, taking off your clothes in a city where Ru- Rudy Giuliani was making that illegal and shutting down all the places that did that, um, you know, was a very powerful statement. So, um, so I kind of, you know, in a way I kind of glommed onto that bandwagon a little bit, but my philosophy had always been, you know, you see what kind of balls are already rolling and then you jump on those balls and do your own thing. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, which is why I asked Faceboy to host it. You know, I didn't even know him at the time. And I was like, look, I'll take you out for drinks. And I just wanted to talk, talk to you about doing this thing. And we did that show there for, I think two years. And then, and then we moved it to, uh, to surf reality and we changed the format. Um, at Surf and changed the name to Grindhouse a Go-Go. Um, so it became less of a variety burlesque thing. And the concept behind it was that uh, there were all these artists that were doing kind of character comedy, you mm-hmm. know, and and uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take all of those great characters and see what would happen if we put them in the same world mm. and made scripts for them. And so that's what Grindhouse a Go-Go was, and it was, it was really super fun. And, uh, yeah. Wow. How long did that run for? That ran for four years. Wow. Yeah, it was a midnight show, uh, first on Fridays, then it, I think two years in, we changed it to Saturdays, and it was great, and we always had a party at the end of it, and usually it was light out by the time, you know, oh, by wow. the time we went outside, uh, and it was just really, really, really a great time. Wow. Yeah. Now, the Surf Reality Space closed several years in, ago? In 2003, yeah. Oh, so more than several years, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I remember hearing about that and how people were like, what's going to happen now? I mean, that sort of seems to be the perennial question now more than ever that people are asking, like, where does this amazing place now get to go call a new home? Right. And and there, at, you know, since Surf closed, there were a few, you know, other spaces. That, I mean, it was sort of like this movable feast that kind of, you know, went from, you know, there was Mo Pitkins and Bowery Poetry Club, um, and, you know, kind of wherever Reverend Jen was doing her, her anti-slam was kind of a, you know, uh, which was in several different places since Collective Unconscious closed around the same time. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but then it was just even those places just started disappearing and there was, uh, there was just not any 
real place to go anymore. Wow. So fast forward all of these years. Yeah. And here you guys are bringing, bringing the downtown art scene and all artists, some artists currently still residing in New York to the airwaves. Yeah. And it's giving them a different kind of platform too, which I, which I like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of artists, like certainly what you do is very visual, you mm-hmm. know, and so, um, you know, what you do with Lunch with Legs is going to be very different from your from your burlesque thing. Absolutely. Um, and so it's been really interesting to see what, you know, sort of artists that we have um, known for years and do very kind of visual things, how they translate that and how they bring that to the radio. And that's one of the most satisfying things to me is to see how people are adapting to this medium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, bringing it back to Radio Free Brooklyn, I mean, for those who are regular listeners to the Lunch with Legs podcast, um, you will notice there's a much different audio quality to this uh, particular interview. And that's because we are actually in a proper studio uh, with mics. There is also a purring cat on the table for those of you who are like, am yeah, I hearing you, if, a cat purr? Yes. You are. That's that's that's, that's the sound bed today. It's Lenny's purr. <laughs> a big, beautiful black cat. He, he is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I mean, this is. I'm just so blown away. I'm so impressed with what one person can create. I mean, I'm looking across at a proper fucking recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, what has the last? Because okay, Radio Free Brooklyn launched in May. Yeah. From the point of that initial conversation with Rob to now. Approximately how many hours would you say you've um, Close to 1,000. <laughs> I would actually yeah. go more for like 2,000, if not well, may, Yeah, maybe. I mean, I estimated at, at, at launch, um, which was in mid-May, I estimated my hours at 500 at that point. Wow. So, and, so yeah, it's, it's at least double that now, if not even more, because now I'm, I'm still doing all those things, all those, I'm, and I'm still constantly building, but mm-hmm. also managing as well. Right. So there's, you know, lots of hosts and, 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 and artists that come in and out of this place. And I, you know, live across the street. Rob, Rob called this the other day. He said this was the surf reality syndrome that if you live in the space, oh, yeah. you're, you don't ever have a free moment. Totally. You know, you're always at work and totally. that's, and that's really true. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I'm I'm in this space probably as much as I'm in my apartment. Wow, which is luckily which is luckily across the street. Away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still, that's yeah. that's really impressive. Now, how many shows does Radio Free Brooklyn have on it right now? Um, we launched with 36, and I think we're and then we added some more, and then a couple few fell away. So I think that we're I, I actually haven't done the a tally recently, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that we're still at around 35 to 40 shows. It's incredible. Yeah, and uh, with about half of them, actually seventeen of them are live. Wow! And we're at, we're adding. We just added sixteen more shows for the fall season, which Amazing. which starts on November fifteenth, which is great. Yeah, and we expect to add probably at least that many more before the fall season starts. So this is so cool. Yeah. This is so cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right, though, yeah. because it's like, yeah, it's great that we have all this programming, but then for me, it just this just means that, you know, it's a ton of work and Absolutely. it doesn't stop. But the the good thing is, is that, you know, I love doing this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, as long as it feeds you that way, for sure. Oh, Lindsay. Yeah, and that's the, really the only way it does feed me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of, if you guys uh, do ever want to tune into RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, I don't know if it's still running. Um, I haven't listened in the last week or so, but um, you may recognize the voice on the "Give Radio Free Brooklyn Money." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because I recorded that, but I, you know, I, I do believe it's it's uh, it's important to 
feed that which you love. And so if people are listening and you're feeling moved to go check out RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, please go do that. And if you feel moved to do so, pay what you would at to go to a show. You know, yeah. five, ten, twenty bucks. And and also, I mean, we have like if you, I mean, we do have sort of perks for if you, you know, if you create like a recurring donation, you know, five bucks a month or something like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you'll get, um, you know, we'll give you like a t-shirt or something. The I mean, t-shirts it's, are awesome. And the t-shirts are really nice. And it's, you know, I know it's not, it's not much, but it's what we can do. And it's um, something. It's sure. some, yeah, it's something. And. uh you know, we hope that that people, um, you know, our numbers are growing, which is gr- fantastic. You know, uh, glad they're not going the other way. Um, and we've had, you know, we've had some successes since we started. We had this uh, mixed cloud thing. Um, we we were final, a top five finalist in uh, one of the categories for the International Radio Festival in mixed cloud sponsored competition for best, uh, the category was best radio station, uh, online radio station in the U.S. and Canada. And we were in the top five. We didn't win the big, the grand prize and get sent to Zurich to the festival, but... Next I mean, year. to be in the top five two month, two and a half months after you launch, I think is pretty that's, good. That's an amazing affirmation of the content and you yeah. know, what you've built. Right, right. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's it's to, it's just a it's just a kind of like a message from somewhere that hey, you're on the right track. You know, keep going with this. Yeah, totally. Um, which sometimes is you know is is hard to remember. You know what I mean? It's you know sometimes you're just feeling overwhelmed and. There's so much stuff going on and, you know, you know, so host wants to quit and you have to re- redo the schedule at the drop of a hat. I mean, it's sometimes you really just want to crawl into a hole, but it's those, those moments, you know, that really just sort of go like, okay, yeah, you're doing the right thing and, uh, you know, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now for, I, I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'm, I wonder how many people listening might say to themselves, you know, I might want to start an internet radio station myself. What would you say if somebody did want to say cook something up like this? What are some of the top do's and the top don'ts? Okay, I don't know if you were setting me up for this. I wasn't in this question no, because you said how would they cook something up? I actually just wrote a book. Shut up. Called the DIY Internet Radio Cookbook. No way. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's right now um my publish my, actually my publisher who's doing the Radio Free there's another Radio Free Brooklyn book coming out in May. And our publisher is actually, even though this, I'm self-publishing this first one, he's doing all of my, um, my, my layout and design, all that stuff for Grati for us, for me. Wow. So I'm waiting for the galleys to come back right now. That, and it's, this is amazing, Tom. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought you, cause you were like, well, when you want to cook, cook up something <laughs> like this. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it was going to be the next question. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, so that's exciting, and that so that book is done. I wrote it literally in two weeks. Holy! I mean, shit. I just locked myself in my apartment and I wrote it, um, and then I did. Wow. You know, and then I waited a week, and then I did the, my own copy editing, and then I you know I sent it sent it off for layout, and uh, so yeah, so that's that's coming out. That's a thing that's happening. And, and when's that coming out? That should be out uh, last week in September. Oh my God! Yeah. Which we are the month we are currently the month in. we are currently in yes so yeah. like three weeks from now it, yeah mm-hmm. holy yeah. Moses yep coming out soon so check it out on um, it's going to be on Amazon Barnes and Noble and you know amazing are we going to be able to buy a copy on RadioFreeBrooklyn.com yes you will have there will be links to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com I will also have them available at our merch tables at our various events that we have coming up like amazing. our you know we're doing a fundraiser on October 23rd so. 
if you want to ra- help us raise funds, come out and buy our book, buy totally, a t-shirt. Totally, you know? Come out and support. Yeah, come support. Where's that happening? Great. At Pine Box Rock Shop. Oh, amazing. Yeah, right down the street from here, So, uh, which is on Gratan and between Bogart and uh, Morgan. And that is in the neighborhood of Bushwick, for those of you who have absolutely no idea what those yeah. stadiums mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're in, I mean, all you do, I mean, if you're in New York, just take the L train to, to Morgan, and it's literally like right there. It's across the street. Oh my God, that's excellent. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. So, okay, so you've written a book, and you said that now with the publisher, the non self published version. Y- yeah, okay, yeah. There, that's actually that's actually a second book. Oh, a c- completely separate entity? Yeah, so, so we, um, Lit Riot Press, which is actually a local publisher here in in, uh, in Brooklyn, they're based in Williamsburg. Um, that cat is making me nervous. I'm I know. sorry. The cat has <laughs> like, just wandered over to the soundboard. We're both on the interviewee end of things, so yeah, we're both watching yeah. Lenny. Like, what's yeah. he gonna do? <laughs> Lenny. All right. Um, so you're gonna you can you're gonna edit. You can edit this, right? I mean. Oh no, I, I like it. Yeah, I like okay. keeping it like this. Oh, oh yeah, right. I like okay. keeping it fresh and honest. Okay, nice sure, and sure, 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 sure thing. <laughs> um, so the other the the other book is a so Lit Riot Press approached us about doing this other book just about Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's sort of it's going to be half f- uh, photographs and half. Uh, half sort of like, there's going to be like critical essays and interviews of some of the hosts. You'll probably be asked to do an interview. Um, I would love to. Um, we're going to ask people to, you know, to sort of, you know, to, to write or be interviewed or, you know, and I, I have a, a number of things that I've written, you know, already about radio that will, some of them will be included. I think Rob is going to write some stuff. Amazing. Um, so yeah, so, so, uh, we're really looking forward to that. We just signed the contract on Thursday and wow. we're having our first, steering committee meeting this Thursday. So, yeah. And so it's really exciting. I mean, again, it's just one, it's another layer of stuff, but. Yeah. Do you have a personal assistant or any sort of admin support? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I just, uh, I have my type A personality and that, <laughs> you know, that goes a long way. Totally, totally. Mine, 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 mine. Which you do too. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I see your, your, your posts on, on, uh, on Twitter and I'm like, how the hell is she doing all of these shows? It's completely insane. I was like, but I was like, I get it, you know. Yeah. I totally I totally get that drive. I mean, it's the same thing. I can't imagine, like, the people who have a day job, somebody who sets consciously sets their alarm for 6 a.m. every morning mm-hmm. and gets out of bed, has breakfast, is fully dressed, on the train, goes to work. That is, I tried doing it for many years. Yeah. It's not it's not my style yeah, at me, all. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, and that's really one of the things that kind of led to this also was that I left the corporate world in 2013, two years ago. And uh, so what sort of corporate work were you doing? Well, I, I had for for many, many years, I had worked in um, in television. I'd worked in oh. I, but I'd worked in the digital media ends or, you know, doing you know, the websites and the digital stuff uh, first for Oxygen then for VH1. And then I decided I wanted to get out of TV and I wanted to do something more meaningful. So I went to work for this nonprofit doing kind of managing all their, their web operations and uh I was like, nothing could have been further from my expectations. Like, I was like, just really, 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 um, uh, disappointed and, um, 
disillusioned really mm. that you know I thought the nonprofit world would be full of like people with good hearts and and it was just not no it did it's, not it happen is a to be hotbed like, of like sadomasochism yeah you know what <laughs> and it's a hotbed of, and, and and I don't speak for all absolutely you there know, are some amazing nonprofits out there who do incredible work but I have to say it does yeah. attract a certain kind of person it, it does and I, and I and I think it's a hotbed of mediocrity in some mm. in some sense you know because I think that um there there's there's a certain level of of maybe it's a lack of ambition or something but there's just a certain level of just not really giving a shit mm. you know after being jaded and just being like yeah you know and i just and i hated it more than anything and it and it i sort of like i walked away from it almost like unexpectedly because what happened was um they this company i'm not going to say the company but uh but they had their mistake had overpaid me for eight months because of a an accounting error, and then they were basically they, they came to me and they said you owe us eleven thousand dollars. Oh my god! And I said I don't have eleven thousand dollars. I'm trying to scrape by on, you know, on this and uh, you know, I and they're like, well, you didn't. You know, they 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 sort of accused me, you know, of stealing that oh I knew god. that this because was happening and yeah, and I was like, look at I don't I don't look at my pay stubs. I don't, you know. I money freaks me out to be honest, and so I don't like I don't even look at my balance in my bank account because I don't want to know. I'm like la 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 la. I don't you know I know ignorance is bliss. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, and and they were like, well, you have to make an arrangement to pay this back. And so I came back to them and I said, I will make an arrangement to pay you back half because it was your mistake. So let's split the difference, which I thought was a really reasonable offer. Mm-hmm. And they declined. They said, no, you can't do that. And I said, well, then I, ca- I can't stay here. And, um, you know, I was afraid that they would sue me. And I talked to a lawyer and my lawyer was like, no, you're fine. Yeah. And, uh, and they didn't, but they did everything. Like they, they, I had been, I got, uh, uh, unemployment because they, uh, the unempl- I told the unemployment people exactly what happened. And they were like, oh, basically you were forced to leave. And I was like, yeah. And so they gave me unemployment and then my company like contested it and I had to go into this like whole oh hearing with them and they ended up winning. And, uh, you know, and then unemployment tried to get me to give all the money that they had given me back. And I was oh like, my God. I said, no, no, I'm sorry because you guys, I told you, I never, made a false statement to you. I told you exactly what happened and you made the determination right. that I was, you know, I could collect a, unemployment. So there, and then they went, okay, yeah, you're right. Um, so, and I have not had any, any, you know, uh, discourse or commerce with this particular nonprofit since then. And I hope to God I don't yeah, anymore, but you know, in some ways, I mean, I was teaching at that time I was teaching at Hofstra. So that brought in a little bit of money and, um, and it was like it was not till I w- walked away from that world that I went, oh my god, I was freaking miserable, you know. And you just sometimes yeah. you just don't know, you know, because hindsight you, is twenty twenty. Yeah, and, and and when you're in it, you sort of you know you try to convince yourself that this is this is right, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, I was like, oh my god, it's so not. Yeah. And thank God I left. Uh, and, and then I just, I taught for a couple of years and then I'm, and now I'm doing this. Yeah. Wow. My yeah. God. Yeah. It never fails to blow my mind how people get to where they are. I mean, the paths and the journeys that bring them to these moments. In the fact, you had to slog through all of that. I mean, fighting. Yeah. 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 But, but you know what? I mean, it's, 
you know, Steve Jobs said in his uh, commencement speech at Stanford, he said that, you know, um, you know, connecting the dots always makes sense when you're looking backward. He goes, mm-hmm. when you're in the present or looking looking forward, it doesn't make sense what what you're doing. But when you look back at it and you go, oh, okay, I see why I did that. I see why that happened because that brought me to this point. Right. You know, and I think that that's absolutely right. And I've always felt that my whole life that it makes sense looking looking backwards and that you just sort of you know, when you're looking forward, you just kind of have to trust that. You know, I kind of have to trust that uh, things are are working out in some ways the way that they're supposed to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You just surrender and trust. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was once told that as long as you follow your heart, you can make no wrong steps. As long as you're following what gives you yeah. life, literally. I mean, the passion, the what animates you. As long as you're towing that line as your right, navigation right, right. point, yeah. um, you can't go wrong, even though sometimes, certainly in a huge city like this, what you want to do isn't always no, right and it, and, and it's and it's really scary because you're you're kind of you know so a lot of times you're going against like everything that your parents told you you know what I mean about planning and just having a good job and you know and and you know getting married and settled down and all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. right yeah, and and, and and it's like there's this inner voice in your head always that is that is you know second guessing you yeah going ah oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing this maybe you should be you know maybe you should go back and just have a good job and a steady income and, and it doesn't matter if you're miserable you'll have a paycheck yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean and you know there there are times in my life now that i mean a lot of time i mean i live with a lot of fear now from you know mm-hmm. from day to day of like what's going to happen you know i mean i still have some savings that i'm living off of but that's not going to last forever right and what am I going to do? I mean, that's one of the reasons, too, that I was like, I have to get this book done. Absolutely. You know, and uh, and now now that it's done, I'm kind of like, oh, that's I want to do another one. You know. And you should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's really um, the Tom Tenney School of Internet Radio Broadcasting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not just that, too. I mean, it's there's there's so many things that I have. I mean, my first published work was, in you know, in this book, um, The Rutledge Companion to Remix Studies, which came out in 2014. And that was very thrilling to me. Um, Huge, to have yeah. you know when I got that book in the mail, this giant hardcover, this academic tome, you know, and you sort of put it on the table and you kind of like, <laughs> you know, you like circle around it, you look at it, you poke it, like is that, you know, like is this real? Did I do that? You know, and um, and it's really it's a great feeling, and I love writing, and um, so and there are so many things that uh, that that. Um, I could and will and will write about it. It won't be just entirely uh, radio stuff, but that will be more. There will be more of that in the future too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I really look forward to reading all of all of this when it comes out because, I mean, again, this is talking about something that you're passionate about, and that's yeah. it's the passion behind the words that makes all the difference. I mean, yeah, and you know, I mean, the thing is, is that like when I was building Radio Free Brooklyn, there was nothing out there to help me. There were, there were no, there was no like handy, like how do you know how to build your own internet radio station, like books on, on Amazon, you know? Um, there were no websites that are like, here's the steps that you should take. Here are all the things that you have to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of, I mean, and that was part of, of my, all of that, those hundreds of hours of work was, you know, research, investigating, like, how do I do this? How do I build that? How do I make this work with this other thing? Mm -hmm. And, so that's when the idea for this particular book came about. I was like, you know, I bet there are other people out there 
who would – and uh, frankly, I think the world needs more radio-free Brooklyns. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I, think, that, I think that it's really a great uh, – you know, in terms of independent media, which has been disappearing f- like just so rapidly throughout the past decades, you know, there's no way that 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 real people – have a voice in mass media anymore. I mean, even in the 70s, there used to be independent producers, you know, like, you know, Norman Lear, guys like that, who, uh, who they could get a foothold into, into, into television. Now it's just impossible. Yeah. It's completely impossible. I mean, the, you know, media, uh, is run by five, you know, global conglomerates. conglomerates. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's absolutely, there's no, there's no inroad there. So I think that one of the things that the internet has done is to provide inroads for people and you know internet radio is one of those kind of things that's just sort of kind of sitting on the side no one's really paying much attention to it because now it's you know it's rates audio you know what i mean who cares about that and to me i see that as a fantastic opportunity mm-hmm. um because i think that radio is such a powerful medium yeah. i think it's so strong and i think that um you know if we can uh you know, get people into the habit of listening and to discovering these new things that are happening all the time. Um, you know, it could have a really almost revolutionary impact. And I don't say that to sound grandiose. I mean, I say that because I really no, look at I, Twitter. I mean, yeah. for example, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. to get words out, you know, anybody can do it. I mean, it's the same thing with the Internet. Anybody right. with an Internet connection can tune in. Right. And listen up. Right. And then even also put their own stuff out there if they want. Yeah, exactly. And and. um you know, and I think that it's like, it's different than YouTube because it is audio only. But, and, and we, I think also, you know, Rob and I kind of saw this opportunity when Serial became so huge right. uh, last year. And all these people now are starting to get into, interested in podcast and audio content again and storytelling, um, and all that sort of stuff. And I think that that's fantastic because we live, our culture has become so, bogged down with just visual Absolutely. you know visual ev- ev- everything is visual and we don't and that that sort of you know that any kind of priority on audio has has dissipated and i would love to to see that make a return and i think that it it, it is now on the verge of doing that mm-hmm. um because you know audio is it's it, it, it it's not it's not like TV without the picture, mm-hmm. you know. It's its own totality. It's, it has its own completeness. Um, this guy, a German uh, art theorist, uh, Rudolf Arnheim, in the 30s, wrote this book called Radio, and in it he has this wonderful chapter called "In Praise of Blindness," mm. uh, where he talks about how uh, ray or wireless, as he called it, you know, as they called it back then is um is not something that you know people say oh it's because you use your imagination to to visualize what you know but you don't i mean it's like when you hear a piece of music do you do you visualize the band playing it not usually probably or especially if it's like classical music or something i remember when i was a kid my dad turned uh, took me to see i'm sorry just rambling here no please this is this is what i live for he he uh he took me to this opera billy bud which is one of those like operas in english you know because he wanted to get me turned on to opera and I remember that I, and an opera is very it's visual and audio medium, but I remember I, I kept closing my eyes just to listen to the music because I didn't want the visual part. You know, I just mm. want, and he thought I was falling asleep. So he kept nudging me oh and like gosh. told me to open my eyes. And I was like, I don't want to. And, um, you know, so I think that, uh, 
there is like in you know in in this speaking of in praise of blindness i mean when somebody is born blind you they don't feel like they're missing something right. you know their their world their totality is 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 audio is is all these other senses mm-hmm. um and uh we we are just so visually laden you know oversaturated completely oversaturated and you know and i do think that there is something you know there is something about the imagination thing like you're just sitting chained to a television you know just sitting there you're not really doing a lot of cognitive you know work yeah Uh, but i think that with audio you tend to do more um I worked with the artist Robert Wilson back in the 80s, and I remember he said to me once, he said, you know, he said the that... The land artist? What's that? Wait, what kind of, what was his medium? No, he was, a, he's a theater artist. Oh, he's a theater artist. He's a theater artist, and he's also a visual artist, too. Um, but uh, he's like the guy who did, he did like Einstein on the Beach with Philip Glass in the in the late 70s. Oh, wow. And anyway, so, but he said, he, he said the most fascist film I've ever seen uh, was Fantasia. And I was like, really? Fantasia? Why? Why? And he said, because it, it sucked the joy out of the music because you, because it assigned visual imagery to every single piece of music that's in that. And he was like, now I can't listen to Tchaikovsky without thinking of dancing elephants. Oh my God. You know? And I was like, and I thought that was kind of brilliant and, and right, you know? That's a fascinating look at it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, with, you know, different sensory input, you know, the music versus what you are seeing. Hearing versus seeing. I mean, yeah. it's very different. Right. And the fact that they now, for him at least, this, those signals are permanently crossed. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like involuntary synesthesia. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and, you know, it's, it's. I mean, if you, you know, uh, what's the movie? Um, is it Singing in the Rain? The, the one where they, the, the, you know, the, they go from silent to talking movies. And it's like the woman who was the, the sultry, silent movie star has a really high voice like this, <laughs> you know, and... And, uh, but it, but it, but it's like even silent movies, they didn't feel like they were missing the audio, mm-hmm. you know, they just, uh, and, and in fact, the audio then took something away from it yeah. when it did, you don't look at a painting and go like, I'm, I wish I could hear this or I wish I could taste it. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's its own thing. It exists by itself. It mm-hmm. is, it is what it is anyway. So I've kind of, kind of went off on down this sort of side path, but, um, but that's one of the things that I really want to help people rediscover with Radio Free Brooklyn is that this is um, this is kind of an art all on its own. You know what I mean? And and one of the things that I don't want to do with it is become like every other commercial radio station that exists now, which is just a marketing arm for the record industry. Um, you know, there are so many possibilities available with radio and, and, and you know, I want to I want to discover them and help other people to do that, too. Yeah, God bless it. Yeah. I mean, I wish you I wish you the highest harmonic of success for all of that. I'm going to check the time because I know you've oh, got, yeah. you're mm-hmm. a busy man. Yeah. You've got places to be. Yeah. Um so I guess in uh in closing, um I mean, people can tune on to radiofreebrooklyn.com at any time. Mm-hmm. Um your self-published book will be out when? That'll be out in the last week in September. I don't have a hard date for it yet, okay. but um Oh, believe me, you'll all know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are on the internet, <laughs> yeah. you will know. Yep. Um, and I guess, I mean, in our remaining like five or so minutes, mm-hmm. um, what would you like my beautiful listening audience to know about you? What What's something you would like to share, be it anything that we've already spoken about? Oh, my word. Or anything else? 
anything I would like people to know about me. Or something that you're passionate about. Well, you know, you know what I would like people to know about me is that that, is that so I have and I'm I'm going to be the first one to admit this. I have a reputation for being a bit of a dick. Okay, really, a little bit. Okay, yeah, Um, because I'm but but I'm I I want to challenge that. Okay, Um, I'm extremely direct and I'm extremely focused on getting things done. And I understand that I don't necessarily have uh, 100% of the people skills that would be needed for that. But but at the same time, I need like you know we've been talking this whole you know this whole hour about you know what it takes to get this radio station up and running and how many hours get put into it. And um, you know it's very important to me that people you know take it seriously and and work with us. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, if I'm, if I am seem impatient with somebody, um, it's only because that I know that you can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's you like, care about it. Yeah. And I, and I really care about it. Um, so, uh, you know, if I didn't think that you were capable of, and, and you know what? Doing radio is not easy. You know, there's a lot of stuff to learn. There's a lot of like technical kind of ins and outs and you get complete training here. There's a manual on, online. Um, and so, um, you know, I do get a little impatient if I feel like people are sort of, you know, slacking on that and mm-hmm. not, you know, not putting in that, that kind of effort. Um, but it's only because I really, really want every single person to, to succeed and to be like brilliant and beautiful and, and wonderful on the radio and make this station and yourself sound and be as amazing as I know you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, so I do, I do want to, I do want to count. I just, I guess the thing I want people to know is that I'm, I'm, I'm not an asshole. Um, I may come across like one sometimes and I'm working on it. You know what I mean? And I know that it's like, it's one of the things that I do have to work on. I've known that forever and I, and I, and I'm trying I want to say, I mean, in your, you know, to sort of respond to that in the sense that there are a lot of people who don't do well when they're confronted with what is expected of them. Yeah. Um, Especially artists who have, you know, for the most part, eschewed any sense of formal discipline apart from their own creative process or any deadlines they have to do. Right. Um, And the fact that you're doing it out of love um, for the final product, I mean, I would, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked to hear that you even would say that. I mean, just because you have dedicated so many hours to this, and so it's only right that the contributors, I mean, speaking as somebody who has been fucking lax as all fuck <laughs> with her episodes, and I do apologize for that, to both you as well as to the Radio Free Brooklyn um, audience, but that being said, you have poured your lifeblood into this. It's mm-hmm. only natural for it to not necessarily be expected, but you know, to you you've created such an extraordinary platform, and like you said, you're asking these people to do this stuff because you care about the final product and because they have a voice that deserves to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so, fucking step up to the plate and do it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and to just I mean just to sort of you know, you're a pre-programmed. Uh, 
person, so so you don't do live in the studio, mm-hmm. and and live in the studio is a very different animal. That's a whole other beast. Uh, that's a whole uh, that's a whole other thing. I just did Face Boys uh, show on Saturday night, and I was like, oh my god, it's a live show. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he's really someone who has just stepped up to the plate and just been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's just so talented on so many levels, and. Uh, He's really just adopted this as, I mean, it just seems natural to him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of the work that he's doing. But I can see how the live shows, if people aren't stepping up to that, that that's dead air. That, yeah, exactly. Which sucks. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I mean, and I guess, I guess the, the thing is that I want people to, I want people to, I want to, like you said, it's so important and I want people to be as important to them as it is to me. And mm-hmm. I, and I know that that, that that will never be like will never be ex- nobody's ever exactly on the same plane when it comes to those things. Of course, but, you know. Um, but I just want it to matter, you yeah, know. Of course, you know. And I want you to sort of see what we're doing um, in in its in the in the the wholeness of it, the totality of it, and mm-hmm. not just necessarily, um, you know, uh, you know, you or your show or even me or my in my show or whatever. It's it's about look at the big picture, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 one of the things that was great about surf reality back in the day is that it was a community, yeah. you know, it really was a community of artists, and that's what we're trying to create here. And one of the challenges is that it's it's hard when you have artists that don't necessarily see, you know, they come into the studio alone and they leave alone and they don't. And this is why we had this 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 barbecue mixer, you know, and that sort of thing. I wanted people to to meet each other, and I really wanted it to be a community, and I want people to participate, and I want people to sort of help out. I want people to think of the studio as their dojo, you know, mm. and, and to you know make sure that you know it's it's clean when you leave, and that you know, and and, and just all those things that those tiny things that make a huge difference. Yeah, it's you know? so funny that you call it a dojo because it yeah. does remind me of like you know creating a temple to yeah. you know a temple for audiophiles and so of course right. like i mean i spent a lot of time in india like and there's a protocol yeah. you know you remove your shoes you make sure you're fully washed you make sure that your shoulders and are covered as a woman and that you know you've got stuff down to your ankles and translating to here yeah don't leave your shit behind don't bring food in right respect the space yeah you know it's like of course yeah of course. yeah 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 exactly and it's, you know, having, I mean, I studied martial arts for years and then that's what you do in a dojo. I mean, you come in and it's the, the mat is, is dirty. You sweep it mm-hmm. if you're the first one in, you know, or, or whatever. You just, you do what needs to be done. If the, mm-hmm. if the trash in the locker room is full, you empty it, right. you know, and, um, it's just basic, basic, basic sort of, you know, kind of living together community stuff. Right. Um, and, uh, Yeah. So, but I, I think that, you know, all that being said, I mean, really just, just pretty much everybody has been, you know, there, there, there are those moments when that sort of, you know, asshole in me comes out, but, um, for the most part, everybody has been really great. I and, might even uh, put it forth, righteous, angry person. <laughs> That's kind of an <laughs> asshole. A righteously angry person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing like for any, you show up to a job, you don't do the job, the boss is going to get mad at you. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's an innocent And, and, and that's part thing. of the thing, too, that, and this is something that Lisa Levy and I have discussed, is that she, she talked about how, you know, she saw me as an authority figure. And mm. I was like, wow, because I don't, I've never thought of myself as, I, I'm, I mean, I'm somebody who has real trouble with authority. And 
to have somebody else see me as an authority figure, that was, that kind of blew my mind a little bit, you know. And I don't ever want to be thought of as somebody's boss. And, and, but, but that requires that, that requires that people step up to the plate. Absolutely. That requires that people, you know, care about this and they do their, they do their part. Yeah, they do what's expected of them. Yeah, yeah. End of story. Yeah. Um, all right, I think it's I think it's that time. You, okay. you, you are a busy man. You have a, a meeting to rush off. I to. do. I have a meeting uh, at the venue for. Um, and anyone listening to this, we would like to invite you to please come yes. to Pine Box Rock Shop please come. on October 23rd. That's a Friday night from eight, probably till about midnight or so. And we'll have uh, we're going to be broad- broadcasting live. Amazing. Um, so you'll have a chance to get on the mic and you know uh, say your thing to the world if you so desire. If not, just uh, just come and hang out, and there'll be some performers. There'll be some fun. Uh, we might have some giveaways, and it's pay what you can. So we're not asking even for a set donation up front because we know that people have all different kind of income levels and situations. So if it's you know. If it's a situation where you can really only afford a dollar, then give us a dollar. If you absolutely can't afford anything but you want to come, please come. We're not going to turn anybody away. But um, but again, this is a fundraiser, so if you can spare a few dollars, we would we would most definitely appreciate that. But you will still be an appreciated, valued, um, you know, member of our of our audience and of our community if you come and and just hang out. Yeah, go help Tom get paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not even me. It's, I mean, it, that's going to be a while before I get paid. I mean, it's just about getting this stuff paid for. You know yeah, what I mean? Like getting, you know, we have we have rent, we have um you know, a l- we have a lot of expenses that we didn't necessarily see coming, but right. you know. Well, I think what you are doing is absolutely fucking fantastic and i am so honored to be a part of it and i really i hope that the seed of this beautiful audio community does sprout bigger than you could ever imagine you know an epic like i'm seeing in my mind's eye like a 400 year old elm you know just like (laughs) branches and leaves and just massive thick trunk and you know just like may may keep growing because you've you've planted some really cool stuff yeah well well i mean rob and i are both really dedicated to it so, I, you know, I think that um, – and so far, like I said, it's been it's been going great, and we have a really good feeling about the future. Well, here's to that future happening with grace and ease, paved with dollar-dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Tom, for thank taking you. time. Thank you. Oh, it was my this pleasure. This was a real pleasure. This was really fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> And there you have it, folks, my interview with Tom Tenney. Stay tuned for his upcoming book. And, of course, do please go visit right away RadioFreeBrooklyn.com. And if you fancy listening to my show or any of the other awesome shows they have on their station, please do so. And, again, if you fancy donating to support their cause and all their expenses, I know that that will be appreciated. You can even do that by buying a T-shirt. You might even see me in one of their T-shirts on the website. I'm just saying. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I wish you a beautiful week, and I look forward to bringing you another very fabulous episode very, very soon. Lots of love.